to the Palm Beach North Podcast, where you get to meet some of our county's most impactful leaders. And today's guest, we are absolutely honored to have Palm Beach County Commissioner Maria Marino. Maria was elected to the Palm Beach County Commission back in 2020. Previous to that, she was a mayor and city and council member in the city of Palm Beach Gardens for a long time. She wears many hats. She serves on 15 boards and councils all throughout the state. Um, we're so lucky to have her here in her backyard. She's not only a public servant, but she's also a big mentor, a philanthropist, and a big business leader. So please, Maria, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you, Noel. As as we're sitting here, I was reminiscing about actually how long you and I have known each other. And you were in a former role at the chamber. I think you're doing membership. Yeah, we just said it's been almost it's 20 years. Almost 20 years. Back and then I was trying to sell you sponsorships and you bought and a ton I bought of them. Because I was doing philanthropy for Freeman Motor Cars. And so we were actually one of the underwriters at Artie Gras. Yeah, you were. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember that. It, it a lot has happened in those 20 years, <laughs> Quite huh? A few things. Yes. <laughs> so Maria, I think everybody knows, you know, your engagement here in Palm Beach County, but let's 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 go back a little bit. Okay. You're originally from Connecticut, right? Born and raised, yes. All right, so tell us about Connecticut. Tell us what you were like as a kid. Well, I was born in Norwalk, Connecticut, and I went to the same high school as my dad. Went to the same college as my dad, University of Connecticut. My dad and I even had the same Latin teacher in high school. Uh, was a cheerleader, was a you know, letterman in sports. As a matter of fact, was doing a fundraiser a couple of years ago locally and was dressed up and wore my letterman jacket. Which still fits, you knock on wood. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was a cheerleader and I, I think it's funny too, because I feel like I'm a cheerleader now for our county. Uh, but I was a golfer and, but only playing in the winter. Wait a second. There aren't too many cheerleaders that golf. So uh, you, you played golf and were a cheerleader. No, actually that. back then I wasn't playing golf in high school. Okay. So I was a cheerleader, ran track, uh, played volleyball and softball. So you were and a jock. Gymnastics so you were a big jock, huh? Always been, yeah. Good, 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 good. And you talked a little bit about your parents. I know that you have a very special relationship with your parents. Yeah. So talk to us about your parents. What are they like? Well, my mom and dad will be married 68 years in January. That's amazing. Um, mom is 88, dad is 91. Mom played 18 holes of golf on Sunday. She beat you yet? If she can, she still beat you? No, but she can beat a whole lot of people. I mean, trust me when I say that. She's and she's so determined. It's fabulous. And you know, I love I love my parents. My parents. Uh, I moved them in with me about five years ago, and I think that as as life progresses, you know, we have to figure out what's important. And for me, family has always been the most important thing in my life. So, traditions. Are there any like Marino family traditions that? that we should know about oh, the seven fishes you mean for Christmas Eve. Oh yeah. <laughs> what else? What do you guys do when you're not watching golf on TV or they're not rooting for you? You know, it's they're all not about family, you know, whether we're going to my brother's house or my nephew's house and, and we're the wedding thing now because my, my youngest nephew is getting married in February. So we're all trucking, trucking up there. But I mean, for us, it's just family dinner all the time. That's the tradition. There's always food in the house. My, you could come over any time of the day or night. My mother will cook you food. I love that. So, so you, you mentioned nephews. So you have brother or sister or I both? I have one brother and he has two boys. So I, I introduce his wife, my sister-in-law, as the mother of my children because I wasn't able to have kids. But when people ask me about that, I always say, well, I have 120 kids because of the end of W Runner Tutorial Center. That's right. Yeah. You want to talk a little bit about that? You've been oh, involved gosh. with them for a long, long time. Talk to us about that. Well, actually... I came to be involved with Edna because I 
am now retired from being executive director of the Jupiter Children's Foundation, where we used to raise money through a golf tournament. Gee, I wonder why we used a golf tournament to raise money. <laughs> but we did that and we didn't want to reinvent the wheel. So we located some schools in the Jupiter area that were for at-risk kids. So Edna's school is a tutorial center after school care. And then we also did the Thelma B. Pittman preschool for, you know, during the school hours. And in my role as executive director for the Jupiter Children's Foundation, I would just write the checks, which had no, no strings attached. You know, oftentimes when you're writing a check, a grant check of some kind, it's for a particular program or for capital improvement or to buy computers or something like that. But when I was writing a twenty or $25,000 check, it had no strings attached. If a, if a teacher needed a salary, a raise in their salary, they got it. If they needed to keep the lights on, you know, and there aren't enough foundations and organizations that actually give you unrestricted dollars. So I was always happy to be able to do that. And through that, I came just to love Edna and the school and what they did. So basically I've been on the board for 20 years or so past president and all that. There's such a little crown jewel in the, in the Palm Beach North region. I mean, they're up in Jupiter. We, you know, we know all about them because they're so engaged in the chamber and Edna is just one of those people that you just want to hug every time you see her. Edna's the the pipe piper. She really is. Oh my goodness. So she's, and she's done so much with those kids and she's personally involved. And when I say that, I mean, she grew up in that area. She knows all the families. If a kid doesn't show up at school, she'll call or knock on their door and say, why weren't you here today? Kind of thing. So she really adopted the entire community and that spirit is and, and she's retiring, you know. Did you know that? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know if we could say it, but yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, I did it's know official. That. It's it, the the paperwork went out. We got a notice and everything. But um, you know, she she holds that community together. And but you know, at a certain point in time, you have to you have to turn the reins over. So Travis, her nephew, is going to be the new executive director. He's another great leader. We know him very well, and he's going to do. He's done a great job there for many years and is going to do some great things for that organization. So, so those are my 120 kids, 120 <laughs> kids. So let's go back a little bit. We'll come, we'll come to Jupiter and South Florida in a little bit, but I want people to, to, to learn a little bit more about you back in the day. So university of Connecticut, right? You went there, your father went there. So that's probably why you went there, right? Is that? I did. I did. But, um, I, Got a degree in business and labor. I was going to ask you that. Okay. I did. So I have a business degree and I thought I was going to be a contract negotiator. And then, you know, I, I'm a 40 year uh, self-employed person, not negotiating contracts and thinking what I never needed that. Well, here I am now at the County and pretty much we're always talking about different contracts and why we're changing them or why we're amending them or why we're giving them new more dollars or why we're changing the dates or something like that. So it's, it's, it's kind of uh, interesting that it all comes together in the end. Did you play golf in college? I sort of, I, that's when I started and I started because of my mom, she was playing one, one summer and I said, why are you playing? And I'm not. And she said, well, go get some clubs. So I did. And there was a little par three course around the corner from in in high school or in college, you started playing golf like between high school and college, between high school and college. Yeah. And I just, you know, the first time, the first time I put my hands on the club, I'm like, oh, I can do this. No problem. And actually got, got good relatively quickly. So Played only in the summer, though, because I'm in Connecticut. I'm you know, going to school in Connecticut and working and you know, doing all that all together. And finally, the one of the pros at one of the courses at home said, well, if you want to get any better, you got to go to Florida. And he says, I happen to have a Glenwood at PGA National. 
I went, oh, that's nice. He goes, and it's empty, so you can go and stay. And the assistant pro said, well, I used to have a job at PGA, so I can get you a job there. I'm like, oh, great. I got a place to live, a job and everything. I pack up my little red sports car. I drive to Florida. I unpack. And the pro calls me the next day and says, oh, by the way, my place is rented tomorrow. You got to find someplace else to live today. And literally, literally went and found uh, an apartment in what is Devonshire in PGA National. Yep. Back then, it was just condos. Mm -hmm. So rented one. It was unfurnished. I had to go rent furniture which now that I look back and I hear the name that I'm going to say out loud, it kind of like, it freaks me out, but I rented furniture from a place called Swingles. Swingles. I've never even heard Swingles. of that. Yeah. You can Google, cause I Googled it the other day. I'm like, you know, and they were bought over by, bought by another company, but you know, it took a week to get the furniture. So basically I slept on the floor uh, for a week and whatever ancillary, you know, whatever lights were on in the, in the apartment were the lights that I had. I bought some towels and pillows and stuff like that. So, uh, but you know, you're, young and stupid. So you know. <laughs> then I worked at PGA. Doing what? What were you doing at PGA? I was a cart rat. <laughs> so just loading bags? I was loading. Cleaning clubs I as was, people were coming I in? I was. I pulled, I pulled clubs out of bags. And it was so funny too, because sometimes um, people would show up, guys would show up and I'd go to pull the, oh, you don't have to do that. And they would do it themselves, but they would give me a tip anyway. It was hysterical. And then I was also, at, back then, range balls were on a table and they didn't have any machines that, that dispensed them. So I was also giving range balls to people. And I had a bag tag on and it said Maria Marino, Norwalk, Connecticut. And there was a pro that came up to me and said, you're from Connecticut? I said, yeah. And he goes, well, I'm from the Patterson Club in Fairfield. And I went, really? He goes, do you need a summer job? So basically I went back. That was 85. I went back home for the summer and worked at the Patterson Club, won the Connecticut State Women's Amateur Championship that summer. Came back to Florida and with not a lot of experience turned pro and found it that really wasn't my cup of tea. I, I why my, why was it not your cup? What was it? What was it about it? You're like, ah, this isn't I, for me. Well, I don't I didn't have the kind of killer instinct you need to be in a, a low, a solo professional sport. When it had to do with my teams, when we were playing in pro ams, oh, my teams would always win. Cause I, you know, I'm the tour director. I come to find out doing a bunch of personality tests. You know, I'm the one that wants everybody to be happy. So I would always, my, my pro-am teams would always win, but me individually, I didn't care. It, it wasn't, it wasn't important. So you did that for how, how long three, were you in the golf industry? Three years. Three years. Three years playing. And then I was actually leaving for a golf tournament and I dislocated my kneecap on the driving range at PJ national. Oh my God. That sounds painful. Um, well, you know what? It sounded like a dry tree snap. And so, uh, I was like, Oh, you're just trying to tell me. I looked up at the sky hood. Oh, you're just trying to tell me something, aren't you? So that's when I, I went from playing competitively to being in the business of golf and becoming a golf consultant and rising through the ranks with the LPGA and getting all of my credentials and, you know, being an officer with the PG, with the LPGA and being um, asked to be one of five people on their national marketing team. And it was, it, you know, it's been, it's been an interesting um, combination, golf, business, and philanthropy. Um, it's like, it's like this three-legged stool and everything all works together. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, getting into politics was never, ever, 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 ever on the radar. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about how you got into that as well, but you, you mentioned philanthropy. So let's talk about a little bit more about the Jupiter Children's Foundation. I know that you, you know, you 
were with it with them for almost 20, 20 years. years. Yeah. Well, right. And raised over 2 million, over 2 million, yeah. over two million which is no small from feat. From one little golf tournament. Yeah. That's amazing. So tell me about that organization and why it was so important to you. I mean, you were there 20 years. Well, it's funny because the, the Jupiter Children's Foundation actually grew out of the development of the Bears Club. And when the Bears Club were getting their final um, approvals through the town of Jupiter, uh, the development team said, we'd like to give something back to the town. And so what ended up happening was um, several of the, the members of the development team and the mayor of the town of Jupiter started a foundation. And they brought me on to actually run their golf tournament. And knowing, and seeing that it was not something that you could really just do that, they brought me on to be executive director, which is which is a glorified way of saying I got paid $500 a month for 20 years. I mean, that was it. <laughs> so it wasn't, a, it wasn't a, a job, a full-time job, but it was a full-time love. And we would host, we, we hosted the, the tournament the first six years at the Bears Club. And then we decided to move around a little bit. And we, we were at um, what was then Ritz-Carlton. We've been at Old Marsh, Bob Lolly, Lost Tree. And most of them were Nicholas Design Golf Courses. Uh, because the family and we were the first organization actually to write a check to the Nicholas newly founded Nicholas Children's Healthcare Foundation. Is is it still around Jupiter Children's Foundation? We we are going to have a tournament this year, actually October twenty third at Old Marsh. Thank okay. you for asking. There you um, go. I didn't know that. So yeah, okay. I am, and you know, I'm and as an elected official, it's really hard to be, and people don't understand this. It's hard to be on boards in a fundraising capacity because we have limited ways of which we can ask people for money. Uh, it's fine if you're running a campaign that you could ask people for money, uh, but they they really do. And, and I have written for IG um, opinions uh, because I don't want, you want clarity, you want transparency. Mm -hmm. And you never want somebody saying, well, you donated, so you, I, so I you have, have to a favor. You, so people like probably that. don't realize this. You have to ask whether or not you could do things Correct. all the time. And, and, I, and, and I am because, you know, I don't want, I, I gave up. Basically, I retired from everything to be an elected official, to be a, a, a county commissioner, because I took the role on as a full-time role. And so I gave up my real estate company, which I had for a bunch since 1996. I've had my license. Um, so I gave up my real estate company and I gave up the Jupiter Children's Foundation. But I'm still a professional golfer because that's, you know, that that has no conflict with anything. And, it, and it's a bonus. I mean, there are a lot of decisions I make as a county commissioner that I've been able to educate the rest of our commission because of my position as a professional golfer and because of my position, knowing what's going on in the golf industry and my many years with the United States Golf Association, you know, like that's 30 years, 20 years as a member of the Golf Writers Association of America, you know, I, almost 30 years in the LPGA. So it gives me a, a really broad background on tourism and bringing tourism dollars to the county for golf. So, you know, you got to use your skills you got. So- you always have a million, gazillion things going on. In all. I mean, just in this conversation, we've talked about a million different things. What do you do to unwind? Like, what do you do to disconnect and just kind of get candy lost crush. for a little bit? Candy crush. Candy crush. I do see <laughs> you post my, things with candy crush guilty, every once in a while. That's my guilty pleasure. Um, but candy crush. Uh, I read so much. 
Like, what do you, all right, favorite book. What, what was the last book you read? Oh, who knows? I don't even know. Probably some trash. Okay. Probably, actually, it's usually historical fiction that I read. I, I want to learn as I'm reading, but I don't want to have to um, tire my brain mm -hmm. because I do that every day. I mean, I read thousands of pages a week for my, for, for county commission. So, and, and I like things that are short. And when, once it's over, it's gone. It's like, I read it, I'm done. Don't ask me about it tomorrow because I won't remember. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, let's talk about. And golf, you know, you know. I love to play you still golf enjoy with my it? You still enjoy golf? I mean, because you know, after working funny. in it, it's like kind of those things, right? You you enjoy it until you have to do it every day, until it's not fun anymore, right? When it's, it becomes work, it's not as fun. I don't miss not, because people think, oh, you're a professional golfer. You must play all the time. Uh, this Sunday was probably the fourth time I played 18 holes all year. But what I love doing is, and I do it for the chamber, is standing on a tee box doing beat the pro. And it is so much fun because I get to meet everybody who plays and we can talk trash if we want. And I can, I can embarrass some of the guys that think they're really good. And I can help some of the other players that aren't so good. And that's uh, me. It is, you always try to help me, but it, it hasn't worked. But it's such a, it's a really, really fun way to do advocacy for whatever charitable cause I'm supporting that day, whether it's for you or it's the Hanley foundation or, uh, I mean, I can't, there's like 30 of them that I do, Edna. Um, so just standing on a tee box, meeting everybody, the chamber, uh, the BDB, you know, I do that for all of them. And it's also, like I said, it's a great way to meet everybody who's playing. So you, you talked a little bit about the chamber um, and that's one of the many, many organizations that you're involved with. Um, you and I both have a special spot in our heart for leadership Palm Beach County. A couple years ago, or maybe last year, Last year, you won the Leadership Excellence Award. This past, yeah, just this past just this May, pa yeah. 2023, yeah. That's a big deal. Like, I was shocked. Take me back to that moment. Take me, I was there that night, and I remember looking at you, you really had no clue that this was coming. I had no clue, and it was funny because I was walking in with Vicki Chorus, who is with South Florida Fair, who was also a 2010 grad along <laughs> with me. And I, I was, we were walking in, and I said, Vicki, you're going to win this. She goes, no, Marie, you're going to win it. So, you know, we were... We, we both just love each other. And it was just, I, I literally, I think I was talking to Brittany, who was sitting next to me, Brittany Cartwright, yep. sitting next to me. Mm -hmm. They're getting ready to call the names. And I'm talking to her. I'm just like not even paying attention because I'm thinking, you know, there's there's nine people. We've, we've all done such important things for the community. It's hard to rank any of them. Um, and when they called my name, I was like, I, I, I turned and I went, you could see my my face. I turned. I went, and Whitney Whitney was like pushing at me, and I'm like, like "Go get up and there!" And I went like this, you know. And I went up. I had absolutely no words. I mean, I didn't have anything prepared because I'm in a room of leaders, and so how do you pick one above the other? Yeah. But I I'm honored that um, I was chosen. Uh, it's not something I take lightly. So you are also very engaged in the Palm Beach North Chamber. You have for many, many years. We talked about it a little bit. Um, we, a few years back, started a woman in business mentorship program. And from day one, you have been serving as a mentor to a lot of amazing women in the Palm, not just Palm Beach North, in the whole region. Who are some women that have inspired you throughout your career and have been a big mentor to you? Well, that's, that's really easy. It's my mom. 
Why? She's one of the most brilliant people I know. Um, she's a strategist, which ironically, we have to be, especially as an elected official, you have to be able to make a decision and know what the all the consequences are of that decision. Not the not just the intended, but the unintended. And you really have to think far ahead. And she's very good at that. And she taught me that. She's also told, you know, given me a lot of things to think about. She always said, what's the worst case scenario? If you do this, what is the worst case scenario? Can you live with the worst case scenario? If you can, jump right in. You know, when I ran for county commission, what was the worst case scenario? Worst case scenario is what? I had to resign from Palm Beach Gardens. And if I lost my race, I was basically out of, I hate the word politics, but I was out of being an elected official. I would have hated it, but I accepted it because I had so many people that said to me, Marie, you really need to run for county commission. And I was endorsed by both sides of the aisle. And I still have support from both sides of the aisle. And I have a lot of people say, Marie, you know, you are, it is obvious that you're a consensus builder. And that's really what my biggest role as a county commissioner has been, is building consensus. So you started in public service <laughs> in the city of Palm Beach Gardens. How did, where did that come from? How did that, like, <laughs> you just woke up one day and said, I want to run for city council? No, it goes back to Brayman Motor Cars. Okay. So we were, and we were sponsoring um, a hole-in-one at the Mayor's Veterans Golf Classic. And it was at Sand Hill Crane. Mm -hmm. And so I was standing on a tee box and it was... Um, the, the the council at the time was standing around. They said, you know, term limits are going to get voted in. I wonder who we can get to run. I went, oh, I will. And then I, I turned and I went both sides. I went, oh, who said that? And they looked at me and went, you said it. You'd be perfect. You know everybody. You know. So um, I threw my hat into the ring. But before I did that, to get better acquainted with the city, because my thought was I've done so much for so many people, but not for my own city. So... I then was appointed to the Parks and Rec Advisory Board, sort of a no-brainer being a professional athlete. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was also uh, appointed to the uh, the clubhouse task force because we were in the process of designing and building a new clubhouse out at the golf course. So they brought in several golfers with different kinds of experience to be on the task force for the clubhouse. And that was how I got started with meeting all the folks that work for the city of Palm Beach Gardens, including Ron Ferris, who is an awesome city manager. Awesome. I mean, I hear it from all over the state, you know, and, and a lot of people like, oh, that darn Ron Ferris, you know, because he, he thinks outside the box and he's very well thought of and he does such a great job. And he's like, I could ever get him on here. He's a, no. no chance. <laughs> no, Ron will. Ron does not want to be in front no of the No chance. <laughs> no chance at all. But he was a, he talked about mentors. So you asked me about mentors. Yeah. You know, my mom was a personal mentor. Mm -hmm. Ron Ferris really showed me what it is to be an elected official who works for the people, not for themselves. You know, it's funny. Uh, I feel the same way about him and I'm not an elected official, right? But, you know, in my role, I deal with a lot of, I deal with 10 municipalities, the county, a lot of elected officials, 10, you know, city town managers, 10 mayors, you know, it's, and I'll bounce things off him all the time. And he always gives me good advice. Doesn't mean we always agree, right? We don't always agree on things, but he definitely has kind of mentored me um, in my role at the chamber as CEO for a while. So I agree with you. He's, he's a pretty awesome guy.
And if you ask Chelsea Reed who her mentor is, she'll tell you me. She will. She'll tell you I'm the one that got her into politics. She's another great leader. She is. She's another one. And she's someone I definitely have to get on the show for sure. Oh, yeah. You could have us both together again. That would be hysterical, the two of us. We'd be here all day. There won't be any air left in the room. We'd be here all day. (laughs) It'll be like a (laughs) 10-hour podcast. So, all right. So now you've served on the city council at in Palm Beach Gardens, right? You've, um, and now you're a Palm Beach County commissioner, right? Oh, what, what is that? <laughs> like, what is that? So what are the differences between both seats? Oh my God. The, the differences are massive. I could imagine. So talk to, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I, I went from 60,000 people to a million and a half people. I went from no districts because we're voted at large in the, in the city to mm-hmm. seven districts in the county. And we are a county that is so diverse. We go from the richest of rich on the island of Palm Beach to the poorest of poor, you know, Belglade, Pahokee, South Bay. And I don't want to characterize them as that because they're what, no matter where you are in this county, we're wonderful people. Yep. And we try all to work together. And the county does support municipalities that might need a hand, uh, whether it's through police and fire, roadway, whatnot. Um, but we're, our, our county is close to 2,400 square miles. Yeah. I mean, we're bigger than two states. Our budget is bigger than six states. Biggest county east of the Mississippi. By land mass. By land mass. By land mass. Yeah. You've heard me say this before. I said this at, you know, several of our meetings because, you know, when asked what's the difference between city and county, we have more on our plate at the county, more issues that we cover. I mean- not just police, not just fire. Um, we have health, even though people pay a separate amount on their tax bill to the healthcare district. You know, there are, we partner with the healthcare district for facilities, uh, the prisons, um, roadway networks, South Florida Water Management District and, and the county work together on projects. Solid Waste Authority is an enterprise fund within the county. The airports are enterprise funds within the county. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, water utilities department, which doesn't really service our neck of the woods, it services more down south, is a, a uh, enterprise fund for the county. So that add all of those add up to our seven billion dollar budget. Which and you know the, the city of Palm Beach Gardens, I think, is near three hundred million. Yeah. So that's a pretty big difference. Pretty big difference. So we Palm Beach County's busting at the seams, right? I yes. think we're at what almost one point six million. Getting there. To by 2030, we're going to be at 1.8. 1.8. I, I, I dropped the paper with the statistics on the yeah, floor. But I mean, with it's great that we're growing. It's great because we live, and I, I know I'm sound biased because I'm the, the chamber CEO, right? But we live where everybody wants to be. We live in paradise. We've got the best golf courses, the best mall. We've got the best beaches. I mean, the best restaurants. We've got it all. Quality of life is second to none here, especially in Palm Beach North. We have the most golf courses in a county in the country yeah. here in Palm Beach. I knew that. And if you go, if you're on PJ Boulevard, there's 10, go- 10 golf courses right there. Yeah. Right at the intersection of PJ and the Turnpike. That's crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. So with all that growth comes some really big challenges. Uh, school, so, housing, roadway, transportation, you name it, we got it. So what is our biggest issue? You just named five of them right there. And then what is the biggest issue that we have right now in the county? Well, you know, they all they all work together. Mm-hmm. Obviously, people will say to you, 
housing is the biggest issue. Okay. So, um, in order to accommodate housing, we need to have a roadway network that can accommodate more traffic. Um, and if we have more housing, we're going to have more families, which means we have to accommodate more schools. Uh, so basically they are all part of the same equation. So it's really an analysis of the land that's available. Who has that land? What is that land scheduled to be for? Because once you take it out of your portfolio, if you will, say say the county has acreage in their portfolio because they know we know we're going to grow to a million eight, two million. Um, if we get rid of land now that we're going to use in the future, so we can expand because we have to provide services. If we get rid of that land, it's never coming back to us. Mm-hmm. And, and we've been asked by a lot of agencies to do an inventory of our lands and what's surplus. Um, I've said we need to do an inventory. We need to have uh, FDOT do an inventory of their lands because those lands that, you know, they've, they've acquired a lot of roadway networking and a lot of uh, right-of-ways. Anytime they, anytime they change a project and they, you know, lessen it in scale, they still have all that right-of-way that they've acquired. That right-of-way should become industrial land. And this way we, because if we take all of our industrial and commercial because of SB 102, you know, Save Our Homes Act, mm-hmm. and turn that into residential. Now we're getting rid of our commercial and our industrial. So it, it's a delicate balance. And the and we have to be very careful not to do something that has unintended consequences. So it's a lot of work. It's a lot of homework. Oh, yeah, totally. Absolutely. So to answer your question, they are all as important as the other. What is Palm Beach County going to look like in five to 10 years? It's changed so much. Like I remember when I, when I first moved to Palm Beach County, I lived out on the acreage off of North Lake Boulevard and you drive down North Lake Boulevard and they were just building the Ibis Publix back then. Mm-hmm. Right. So think about that. Now you've got Avenir, you've got uh Panther national coming in, uh, which I hear is pretty much done. I heard it's done. Um, at least the golf course is the, the golf, golf course, course is yeah. done. Um, we've got the nest out there at Sand Hill Crane. That oh, that's so much fun! Oh, by the way, that part that beautiful. part three is fabulous. It is, and that two tiered practice facility. It's pretty cool. Wonderful. It's really and, cool. And it's something we needed in this neck of the woods. Oh yeah, and that's a public course. People don't really that's public a public course. course you can play but, eighteen holes regular regulation. You can play eighteen holes par three. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got two clubhouses, and it's to grow the game of golf and I'm, I'll put my golf hat on for a mm-hmm. second to grow the game You're of golf. To. You really need to grow it through the family network. You need to get kids involved. And there's lots of ways. I mean, I, one of the few boards I'm on because I have no financial responsibility in writing <laughs> is the first tee, the Palm beaches. Um, and you know, they partner with Sand Hill crane and a lot of other local golf courses to grow the game of golf. But what I love about that is that's not just growing the game of golf. It's actually there. The nine core values are make you a better person. What are those nine core values? Oh, I knew you were going to quiz me on that one. Uh, <laughs> Should I not have asked that? Respect, responsibility, integrity, sportsmanship. Those are just a few of them. But um, you really learn how to be a better person and how to uh, deal with people in all kinds of situations. Okay. Yeah, we got back to golf. So- Palm Beach County. Sorry. 10, 15 years from now. What's it going to look like? Is it going to be flying cars coming, zooming by? Isn't that funny? 
we talk about the Jetsons, and if you look at <laughs> if, if you look at what the Jetsons were, you know, they used to do telemed on the Jetsons, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, we're doing telemed. Yeah, they used to they, they used to talk in their to screens. Vehicles. You know, they plugged in their vehicles. Well, we're plugging in our vehicles. So, I, you know what? Maybe the Jetsons aren't so far off. We'll have, hey, I you give me one of those backpacks that are battery operated and let me fly across. I I'll do that. I mean, you I've jumped off a building. You've jumped off with me. I so, have. You know, I'm you not afraid have, of heights. We have done that. That's right. That was a fun day. That was. That was a lot of fun day. <laughs> so what? Um. I think it's important that we get the right people to run off, run for office, right? I think that's a big part. That's a big part of what chamber of commerces should be doing. And they are doing, we're, we're, we're trying our best to help mold, shape, develop the future leaders of our community. What can we do to find better people to run for office? Well, I think from my perspective and what, probably makes me the type of um, elected official that you're looking for, and I'm not patting myself on the back, um, is the fact that I was a business owner. I was also an independent contractor. If I didn't work, I didn't get paid. I didn't put money in my 401k. I didn't pay my health insurance. So you need to be able to have that kind of experience to understand the decisions that we make at the local level. And I think it should be local level and then state and then national. I don't think it, I, because you don't want to go to directly to the state and start making decisions for the local level because we have something called home rule. We have, as the state legislature gave us, the ability to rule ourselves as a county and all the municipalities have the ability to rule themselves. And a lot of times the state will give us unfunded mandates. They'll tell us we can't, we have to do this, but they won't give us the money to do it. Uh, we need people that are doing it for the right reasons. doesn't matter what your political party is. You need to be there because you need to be making the best decision for the people that put you there. What advice would you give someone that is thinking about running for office that maybe one day I want to run for that county commission seat or that, or that city council seat or the state house seat? Well, first off, talk to their local electeds. See if there's maybe a board or a council that they can sit on so they can learn the process. And, you know, a lot of times people uh, get elected and they may never have even been on a board. They don't know Robert's rules. They don't know policies and procedures. They don't even know that those things are in place. Um, And I'm not saying that the way I went about it is the best way. I mean, uh, basically, you know, I had no idea I was getting into politics. So, you know, I, later in my life, as I should be close, close to retirement, I'm, you know, I'm an elected official. Uh, but And probably working way, way harder too, now than you ever Way harder. But I, lo- I, I absolutely love what I do. I get up every morning and I love what I do. Why, why is it so rewarding? Or what is the most rewarding part of your job as a Palm Beach helping, County Commissioner? Helping people. Solving people's problems. Give me an example. Pretend- what do people call Maria... Marino's office for. I've got this issue. Oh my heavens. Well, I don't know. Um, like, I, you know, I don't know. So, I'm not a county commissioner. So, no, it, it, it's ranges. It varies. Um, some people call because they're having an issue with planning and zoning. And, you know, sometimes that's just a question of something got read wrong, you know, and, and we're all human. We can make human mistakes. Um, you know, we, we only see the complaints, but I, I, I've gotten some letters from people just recently where, you know, they're, thank you for taking the time to see me. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for um, agreeing with 
our group, how we feel, you know, I can't give you specific examples because they sort of all run together and basically just trying to, I weigh every decision I make and I make the decisions that I feel are the best for the most amount of people. I don't want to make a decision for a loud, vocal minority, but they're loud and they're vocal, when that decision will negatively impact many, many, many more people. And that's, and I, and I've weighed that. And we weighed that here right in Palm Beach Gardens when we, <clears throat> excuse me, when we um, finished Shady Lakes Boulevard. Mm -hmm. Now, you would never know that we had gotten a lot of opposition to punching Shady Lakes through all, all the way to 117. And it was from the residents in Shady Lakes who were, by you know, used to not having a through street. Mm -hmm. The road dead ended. It was basically a private road for them, but it was always on. It was always on the, the city's transportation plan that it was going to punch through to 117th. And we got a lot of opposition. But I looked at that and I said, "Do I take into account the 50 houses, or do I take into account?" The thousands of kids that are going to the schools that don't have, they only have one in or out. Yeah. It, um, it could still get kind of hairy there during. So I had to weigh what I thought was going to be benefit the most amount of people. And that's, that is always, always how I've made my decisions. You know what? I, I wanted to talk to you about the TPA. Okay. A lot of people don't know what transportation planning agency does. And I know you're vice chair and I know you're very proud of the work that you guys are doing. Can you talk to us about the organization, what it does, and why it's so important to our community? We look at the county globally. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we- It made me think of it, because you said trans we were talking about transportation traffic, right. so it made me right. think That's of fine. it. So. You know, I'm on I'm that, I'm secretary to Treasure Coast Regional you do, Planning Council, I'm chair of Palmar Water Control District, I'm, I'm on the board for, actually I'm on the board for Florida Association of Counties, I'm, I'm on a, a chair for a committee for National Association of Counties, so um, that's part of the- 15 elected do this because, but I love what I'm doing. So, and, and I volunteer for the leadership roles. You know, you could just sit on a board, you know, have to be in a leadership position, but going back to TPA is we get, we get federal dollars to fund in local initiatives. And we look at things from the perspective of how does this affect traffic from here to Bell Glade? We need streetlights on State Road 80. So we fought for streetlights on State Road 80 to save lives. Um, as a matter of fact, Shady Lakes Boulevard got some money because it's considered a complete street, which is a street that tries to take into consideration traffic, pedestrians, noise, you know, curbing of speed. That's why you'll see that it kind of meanders. It's not a straightaway road. Mm -hmm. uh, we deal with bringing together the different networks, the different transportation networks. So Tri-Rail will come and talk to us. Brightline comes and talks to us. Uh, Palm Tran talks to us. And then we will partner with them with different projects or different pilots. And we're, we're doing a project right now. We're, we're partnering um, with Palm Tran and St. Lucie County because we're going to run a bus from St. Uh, you know, from a terminal in, St. Lucie to a terminal here in West Palm. 
And if you can run a bus twice a day or something like that, you, you basically take 200 cars off the road every day with this bus that's going. And we're going to do a pilot program to see if people write it, if, if they will pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a grant from the state to do it, you know, and getting grants are all well and good. But once the grant is over, now you've got to find ways to fund that, continue to fund that project. And I don't, you know, I, I just uh, orchestrated the largest millage rate decrease in the county in 30 years. Talk to us about that. <sighs> that was a tough one. But why was it so tough? Um, what was tough about it? Well, I can put on both hats being a disciple of Ron Ferris and, uh, and also learning from Virginia Baker, I can, I can be on, you know, we need, we need reserve dollars because if something happens, we need to have a bucket to take those, that money out of. But I can also say, well, yes, that's all well and good, but that that's taxpayer dollars. I would rather see those dollars. um, If we don't need them, I don't think we need to ask for our tax, ask our taxpayers for them right now. And so I went through the budget and it, our budget is 1300 pages and you all have heard me always say this. I do read everything that comes, comes across my desk. Um, but I looked at it and I went, you know, there's a lot of ways that we can save money. And it wasn't that I cut any programs. I didn't cut in, in my request. There was no cutting of services, uh, no cutting of salaries because our staff are there, you know, that, you know, what staff is like right now, finding good people and keeping good people. Mm-hmm. I mean, the workforce is on a, at a crunch right now. So we were in the position financially where we we put $70 million into reserves last year. We were projected to put 150 something, 53, I think, or 56 into reserves this year. And I said, that's an awful lot of money. I don't think we need to take that big of a pot to do that but I don't want to see anything happen to any of the services that we provide. I just don't want to put as much money into reserves. Um, so it's not a tax. It's a, it effectively is a tax cut, but it is what it truly is, is a millage rate cut. So what you get charged per the value of your home is less this year than it was last year. And, and I know that a lot of cities have followed suit gardens did Jupiter also. So, um, you know, hopefully people's, everybody, everything went up. And that was how I prefaced it. Everything has gone up. People's insurance, their oh, homeowner's insurance is crazy. It's crazy. You know, the electric bill has gone up. The amount of money, you you know, your gas has gone up. Your, your insurance on your car has gone up. Everything has gone up. If we can, if we have an opportunity to return some dollars to our taxpayers, I want to do that. And people have to understand, though, when they look at their tax bill, there are a lot of line items on your tax bill. The county is only one district collecting money. You know, you're paying to, if you live in the city of Palm Beach Gardens, you're paying to the county, you're paying to the city, you're paying to the school board, you're paying to the healthcare district, you're paying to uh, Florida Inland Navigation District, and so on. You know, there's a lot of special districts. But from the county perspective, I was doing my job as a watchdog for our taxpayers and fought to get our, lowered, our millage rate lowered. And luckily, the rest of the board agreed with me. 
That's good news. Good news. Well, we are running out of time, and I, I try to we ask. We did that already? Yes. Gosh. We are. We, I told you we could be here what'd all you, day. What'd you miss that you wanted to ask? Oh, I missed a million things, but we talked about a lot of things that I wanted to talk about. So I'll come back. Yeah, we could do that. We'll definitely do that. So one last question. I ask everybody the same question. And the question is, if you could go back and give Maria Marino, that cheerleader in high school, you could give her some advice. What would you give her? What would you tell her? Wow. Good question. Take advantage of every experience that comes in front of you because you never know if, if it is or isn't going to come in front of you again. That's good advice. Yeah. That's great advice. All right. One last thing. Anything else you want to say before we go? Any, anything else you want to make sure everybody hears? Am I allowed to say I'm running for re-election? You can. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say it. Um, I am very happy to be running for re-election, uh, but as term limits, I can all, this is my last term. It will be my last term because we have two four-year terms in the county. As a matter of fact, the state legislature is trying to get that uh, throughout the state that that'll be, and then I'll be term limited out. But I, I absolutely love what I'm doing and I hope that the constituents feel the same way. And if you don't have my newsletter, please email me at mmarino at pbcgov.org and I will put you on my newsletter because there's a lot of great information and we have a really good open rate. You do. Do I, I? I'm one of those one of those people that open that newsletter. So thank you so much, Maria. Thank you, Commissioner, for your service. Thank you for everything you do for the chamber, for our community, for our region, for our county. We really appreciate you, and uh, and thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome, Mr. Wealth.